We're back with another PW Torch VIP podcast vault for March 1st, 2024. And today we jump back 18 years to the March 1st, 2006 episode of The Real Deal with Pat McNeil, celebrating five years with PW Torch. Also, the latest wrestling news, including WWE developmental signees, which former ROH title holder is coming into TNA, who could be filling the WrestleMania spot originally earmarked for Bret Hart, plus the hot five stories, including topics on Hulk Hogan, Stacey Keebler, Bob Armstrong, and John Cena, the indie lineup of the week with the Johnny Grunge Benefit Show, listener mail on Chris Benoit and the World X Cup, a mini-review of the new ROH Final Battle DVD, a red-hot edition of McNeil Sings the Hits, and a special guest drops by to join the 5th Anniversary Fund. This is the latest in our ongoing series of some of the earliest surviving insider pro wrestling podcasts you'll find anywhere, and we bring them to you exclusively here at PW Torch VIP. Hello, you people! Today is Tuesday, February the 28th, 2006. We are live from the Real Deal Studios in the heart of beautiful downtown Fairfax, the mecca of sports entertainment. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, this is The Real Deal. I am Pat McNeil. Step inside the party. Disrupt the whole scene. Welcome, one and all, to the Tuesday night tradition. Welcome to the one and only, often imitated, never duplicated, PWTorch.com. All right. Uh, today is a special day here on, uh, on the Torch, although you might not know it from visiting the website. Today marks my fifth anniversary as a, uh, as a staff member here on the mighty, mighty PWTorch.com, and I couldn't think of a better place to celebrate it than right here on the Real Deal Audio, and can't think of better people to celebrate it with than you people. Um, let's, uh, let's get down to uh, some in-house notes. Real Deal, the college years soundtrack, song number six, uh, has been solved. It uh, was Refrigerator Car by uh, Spin Doctors. Uh, Ellen Cohen uh, su- successfully picked up the... Uh, the correct answer, and uh, she has requested a song. We also have uh, last week's song request from our boy RBT. We'll be getting to both of those at the conclusion of today's broadcast, so uh, be sure to check that out. Also, uh, another very special treat on the way later on in the show to mark our our fifth anniversary. Um, see, don't, so do we have any uh, audio, Grish? No, not necessarily. Don't really have much of that. Uh, let's let's kick things off. With uh, listener mail, we uh, we track it down, go through everybody's everybody's uh, writings, everybody's requests, and uh, we try to answer as many of them as we can right here for you, the discriminating pwtorch.com reader. Um, let's see who's up first this week. Dead Sea Drop, who now calls himself something else, writes, uh, Hey, Pat, on the uh, February 18th edition of Impact, Jay Lethal won a three-way to earn a spot on the team TNA in the World Cup. Who would you like to see as the other three members of Team TNA, as well as the members of Team Japan and Team Mexico? Um, well, in the World X Cup, you would generally like to see some of your better X Division wrestlers. I mean, um, if this were a serious main event uh, type uh, issue, you'd like the other three members of Team TNA to be AJ Styles and Christopher Daniels and Samoa Joe. Uh, Team Japan, well, I'm guessing they have a deal with uh, New Japan, so... We'll probably see some uh, pretty generic guys. I'd like to see Jushin Liger, although I know he's uh, past his prime. And I'm sure they could find three other people to team with Jushin Liger. Team Mexico, uh, TNA's never had a problem putting together a good Team Mexico. Um, you know, I'd kind of like to see Juventud on there. I know Juventud's an absolute human train wreck, but uh, he, he could be fun. Um, Chessman, I think, would uh, 
would be a good member of Team Mexico. Hector Garza, if he's still around. You, know, you, you shouldn't have any problems finding a good Team Mexico. Um, FSNB. How you doing, Rich? FSNB checks in and writes, Pat, if you were stuck on an island, what three pro wrestlers would you bring with you? Well, let's see. Um, Stacy Keebler, Tori Wilson, and uh, Candice Michelle. Yeah. Yeah, that's, those are my three. Uh, Jim379 writes, Pat, why doesn't WWE just send people back down to OVW when they don't work out on Raw or SmackDown instead of releasing them? Well, if you're talking about, uh, if you're talking about the heartthrobs and the Tolans or the Dicks or, or what have you, um, there's, there's a very good reason for this. Uh, the whole point behind OVW is to build people up to bring them on to Raw and SmackDown. If they don't work on Raw and SmackDown, it's, it's their fault, so you don't. It can't be WWE's fault, so you don't send them back down to Raw, to uh, OVW. I mean, th- they're failures if they don't work in WWE right away. So, yeah, but I mean that's that's why they don't get sent back to OVW. They just get fired. Uh, Jay Joseph sixteen writes, Pat. When my mom was in the army, she was stationed in Virginia. She keeps telling me I need to go to Colonial Williamsburg. Have you been there? And if so, would you recommend it? Um. I'd recommend it during school when uh, the college girls from William and Mary are around. Yeah, uh, you know, I I don't know. I visited Colonial Williamsburg as as a child with my family, and it just it just was was not terribly interesting then. I guess if you're a grown up uh, and you want to go back and see how things were three four hundred years ago, and in a in a pseudo theme park type setting without rides, then by all means go and and have a good time. Uh, Next boy writes. Hey, Pat, how many times do you think WWE television will air footage of Chris Benoit crying over Eddie between now and WrestleMania, including this week's SmackDown and Raw? I'm going to guess no less than 12. I think uh, think 12 is a good number for the over-under. If we're going to do an over-under, let's just set the bar at 12. And, uh, yeah, I think you're on to something there. Uh, Welcome, new guy. Uh, Big Daddy writes, so back in the day, pro wrestling and boxing were often both promoted by the same promoter. This is true, by the way, what he's saying. Was boxing also a worked exhibition during that era? Do you think boxing is anything other than a pure athletic competition today? What about UFC? Do you think it might be faker than everyone assumes, too? Um, golly, I, I think boxing and UFC have to be real since there are athletic commissions involved, and goodness knows athletic commissions would never get involved in anything that's uh, less than 100% on the up and up. Plus, you know, boxers have never taken dives, and yeah. Uh, <laughs> Oh, jeez. I, I, I don't know. That's all good questions. Uh, Martin Mann writes, Dear Pat, I know this is long after the fact, but why did WWE fire half the women's division? It seems counterproductive to me to emasculate, defeminize a division that was starting to be taken seriously by fans around, around mid-late 2003-2004. Did Vince want to hire models for cheap, thinking he could turn them into the next Trish? Did he just want TNA instead of women's wrestling? Um, the answers to that, by the way, are yes and yes. Although... Apparently they fired Gail Kim by accident. They, you know, they, they, I mean, they, they just wanted to cut roster. They figure, and they did figure it's easier to to take pretty girls and train them to wrestle than it is to take wrestlers and turn them into female wrestlers and turn them into pretty girls. I mean, that that's what it boils down to. Bob Walrus writes: Often enough, I have a few friends who ask why I watch wrestling since they're just sweaty men grappling each other. That doesn't bother me. What does bother me, however, is why in 2006 wrestlers are not wearing street clothes in their matches. I mean, wrestling is hardly about tradition anymore, so why can't it be marketed with more of an authentic approach? Um, I think a couple of wrestlers in, in Ring of Honor do wear street clothes. I, I hear more complaints, Bob, the other way around with, with uh, on the independent scene with uh, 
old-timers saying, you know, why can't wrestlers wear wrestling gear and act like athletes? I, I don't know. I think, I think football players and basketball players and uh, baseball players and boxers all wear uniforms. So, uh, so, why not, uh, so why not pro wrestlers? Plus, you don't see many UFC guys in street clothes. As always, with this sort of thing, we want to hear from you. It's the Pat McNeil Zone, the VIP section of PWTorch.com. Log in now, drop off your listener mail questions. All right, Indie Show lineup of the week. Who's up for that? Uh, your Indie Show lineup of the week comes to you from Mid American Wrestling uh, this Saturday, 8 p.m. at the Sports Connection in Milwaukee on the south side of Milwaukee, 3000 South 13th Street. It will be Mid American Wrestling with a very special benefit show for the family of the late Johnny Grunge. Uh, the lineup has not been announced. However, Corporal Roberts, Corporal Robinson, Ian Rotten, Skull Crusher, and Mickey Knuckles are among those who've already signed to attend. Uh, the lineup will be announced on their Friday show. All tickets, ten dollars, uh, goes to support a good cause. That's uh, Mid American Wrestling. It's at MidAmericanWrestling.com. Their Johnny Grunge tribute show and charity show Saturday night, March the fourth, eight p.m. at the Sports Connection in Milwaukee, MidAmericanWrestling.com for all the pertinent information. And folks, don't forget to support your local independent wrestling promotion. That's where you're going to see the superstars of tomorrow and the washed-up has-beens of yesteryear. Now, while we're here, let's do the question of the week. Hey, why not? Question of the week for this week was, if and when Christian Cage loses the NWA world title, who, who I say should be the next champion? Um... Let's kick things off. Adam Moore checks in with a vote for Brock Lesnar, although he would use Double J as a transitional champion in that scenario. Um, so really, is that a vote for... I guess that's a vote for Jarrett. Um, okay, let, now let's make it a vote for Lesnar. He put down Lesnar first. So one vote for Lesnar. Okay, Blake811 with a vote for Samoa Joe. So that's one for Joe. Uh, we're going to keep the tally rolling here. Groovemaster Greg says, uh, aside from the typical Samoa Joe answer, I'd like to see Monty Brown get a run with the strap. That's one for Monty. FSNB says, Jeff Jarrett by Hooker by Crook. So we got, uh, that's a four-way tie here in the early going. Who's going to put it ahead? Hughes Meister says, can't not say Samoa Joe. So that's two for Joe. We'll see how we go here. Kaiser Boz says, Joe, that's three. Mike Hisco says AJ Styles. That's one for AJ. Rain drops by to say Sabu. Okay. Glitz Y2J with a vote says anybody but Jeff Jarrett. I'd rather see Don West get the belt before Jeff Jarrett gets. Well, there you go. Uh, Don West it is. Uh, Tack, T A K, is that correct? Yeah. He said, uh, said Joe. So that's four for Joe. Wow. Um, Alex Shelley. Uh, uh, one vote for Abyss from uh, Dead Sea Drop under whatever name he's calling himself this week. Uh, a vote for Mr. Cav for Monty Brown, so that's two for Big Monty. M2J checks in. A vote for Chris Benoit. All right, well, that's uh, sort of off the board. Uh, Cal Henderson with a vote for Monty Brown, that's three for Monty. It'll be Reverend Lopez, another vote for Monty Brown. We have a tie so far. Who's going to break the tie? Elena Zengata says the vote for Rob Van Dam. Well, there you go. I should have seen that one coming. Um, Chris of Earth 2 says Samoa Joe. So Joe back in front. Uh, B. Esser with a vote for Jeff Jarrett. That'll be two. 
Uh, it's uh, Freakzilla FPM with a vote for Samoa Joe. That makes it six. J. Joseph, 16, with Doug Basham. Uh, Dr. Voodoo says uh, Joe. That'll be seven. Ultra Sajid with a vote for Chris Jericho. Uh, Christy DR, 55, says Sting. The, uh, it gives a longer answer, which you can read. Uh, TB with a vote for the Mountie. Cashflow X with a vote for Jeff Jarrett. Jarrett, uh, Jarrett maybe making a run here in the late going. BMAC78, a vote for Samoa Joe. That's eight. Uh, WWE King with a vote for William Regal. High Spot with a vote for Brad Armstrong. H. Bull with another vote for Abyss. And your winner of this week's Question of the Week, Samoa Joe. It's time for next week's Question of the Week. Are you ready for this one, folks? You've heard Wade Keller's audio update earlier today, and you've heard that allowing WWE wrestlers to smoke dope in order to go to sleep could certainly save their lives. So I leave you with this thought. Um, who, who indeed will be the first wrestler to have their the first WWE wrestler to have his or her life saved by reefer? Log in now. The question of the week thread. The Pat McNeil Zone at PWTorch.com. I know they can't all be winners, but really, it's a serious question. Someone will get their life saved by ganja. And uh, we want to know who it's going to be first. Log in right now to Pat McNeil Zone, PWTorch.com. I'm typing in the question right now. It'll be up momentarily. And now, let's see. Ah, let's do the, let's do the news first, actually. Alright, the news is out. Uh, TNA Impact tapings took place tonight in Orlando. Um, this Saturday on Impact marks the uh, re-debut of one of your longtime favorites, former WCW Hardcore Champion, Screaming Norman Smiley is going to be on Impact this Saturday. Now, if that can't get you to watch, I don't know what will. Um, uh, right before the pay-per-view on Saturday night, the 11th, the main event is going to be an eight-man tag with... Shannon, well, well, hold on a moment. Let, let, let's start up. Let's start with this Saturday. This Saturday's main event, it's going to be AJ Styles and Christopher Daniels against the unlikely pairing of Samoa Joe and Shannon Moore. That'll be your Impact main event. And Shannon pulls double duty on the main event a week from Saturday as he teams with Matt Bentley and the Diamonds of the Rough to take on Rhino, The Truth, and Team 3D in a big eight-man tag. So that's what your future holds, those of you who like to follow the impact on Spike TV on Saturday nights. Uh, other news. TNA working on that world, those World X Cup rosters. Uh, the word is out they're planning to put together a UK team for the 2006 World X Cup. And uh, the UK team expected to feature a couple names familiar to Ring of Honor fans. Uh, the former ROH Pure Champion, Doug Williams, uh, Doug Williams, who I'm still amazed, has not gotten a full-time contract somewhere in the U.S. He's that good. And the current Ring of Honor peer champion, Nigel McGuinness. Uh, Nigel made that one appearance on a TNA pre-show, and he had a problem when he realized he couldn't do his corner headstand in the six-sided ring because the uh, ring ropes are angled all differently. But, uh, yeah, they're, you're going to see Nigel, and you're probably going to see Doug Williams in this World X Cup. Uh, there are rumors still out there that Jim Ross is going to be the new general manager of Raw after uh, this current uh, this current Vince McMahon story runs its course. Uh, in fact, there are rumors that uh, you will see Jim Ross on camera at WrestleMania. Um, I, I think the, there's a possibility that if uh, Bret Hart's not going to be involved in the Shawn Michaels-Vince McMahon match, 
maybe Jim Ross is going to end up saving the day for uh, the Heartbreak Kid. Remember, you heard it here first. Uh, Rob Feinstein's Pro Wrestling Elite announced uh, their uh, lineup for the next show on March 24th in Boonton, New Jersey. The main event of that show will be AJ Styles taking on the Stampede Bulldog, Harry Smith, in uh, what should at the very least be an unusual main event. And uh, the recent WWE round of tryouts at the Nassau Coliseum yielded three developmental contracts for workers out of uh, Mikey Whipwreck's New York Wrestling Connection promotion, NYWC. That would be Mason Rage, Brett Matthews, and Brent Myers, I believe. that. Yeah, Brett, Brett Matthews and Brett Myers. All three of them have signed, and they are on their way to Deep South. I've seen Matthews and Myers on uh, indie tapes. They're, they're the typical, uh, they're a big muscular tag team. I, I don't know of a better way to uh, say it than that. And now it's time for the Hot Five Stories of the Week as we count them down. Five to one, one to five is chosen by the management and staff of The Real Deal. And here they are. Story number five. Uh, on this, this past Saturday's edition of TNA Impact, which drew a 0.9 rating, so so footage of Sting and Sting's kids gives a boost in the rating. But uh, I got to complain about something TNA did on this show. They have a match set up for this pay-per-view. It's going to be the James Gang and Bob Armstrong in a six-man tag against uh, against the LAX, you know, with uh, Homicide, Machete, and, and Conan. So the hook for this match is, you know, Bob Armstrong, a former wrestler, 66 years old, just coming off of getting his ass kicked by uh, by Conan and the boys. You know, the intrigue surrounding this match is, how's Bob Armstrong going to wrestle? I mean... How can 66-year-old Bob Armstrong hang with the LAX? So this Saturday, they do an angle, they do a run-in where the LAX lays out Kip James, and they lay out BG James, and 66-year-old Bob Armstrong hits the ring and kicks the ass of all three members of the LAX. That makes no sense. Sorry, it just it just had to be said. That, that might have been the dumbest thing I saw this weekend. And um, I saw... Well, okay, it's not dumber than American Idol on TiVo, but it's dumb. i got to give him credit for that. Uh, also, uh, you know, regardless of that, really good lineup for Destination X, with uh, the rumor being that the uh, Ultimate X three-way, AJ Styles, Christopher Daniels, and Samoa Joe, is going to be on last after uh, the Jeff Jarrett match and after the Christian match. And I think that's uh, that's only right. This is one of those things that... This is one of those things where TNA has preserved the intrigue because everybody wants to see what Joe's going to do in an Ultimate X match. And, you know, Joe's an athlete, but it's just going to be so weird seeing him try to scale the ropes with, with Styles and Daniels, and you're wondering whether he's going to stick to the ground and try to swat guys down like King Kong or what have you. I mean, I think this is potentially fabulous. Okay, story number four. Lineup uh, announced for Saturday night, uh, Saturday night's main event on uh, Saturday, March the 18th. A two-hour primetime special on NBC. I've got to say this looks like a dog right now. Um, Shawn Michaels and Shane McMahon in a street fight. Okay. No. No, I'm not really excited about this. Um, Three-on-two handicap match with John Cena and Triple H taking on Angle, Mysterio, and Randy Orton. I mean, I agree it makes SmackDown look weak, like a, like a, you know, like like they have to have the uh, the man advantage in this match. I, I just, you know, I don't think this measures up to the lineups for either Raw or SmackDown that you see every week. I mean, you, 
Saturday night's main event has to be bigger than either Raw or a, or a SmackDown. You know, this wasn't as difficult to do back a decade ago where WWE was putting on Saturday night's main event because they were, you know, you didn't get four or five big matches on a show. Uh, matches between uh, name wrestlers. And uh, now they're doing it and they're going to have some problems with it. Um, I don't think this is going to draw the rating that they're hoping for, at least not with this lineup unless something else is on here that, that we don't know about. Story number three. Ring of Honor celebrated their fourth anniversary in fine style in... Uh, Edison, New Jersey, with uh, their fourth anniversary spectacular on Saturday. They managed to draw a good crowd without bringing in uh, the names like Kenta or Marafuji or Kenta Kobashi or what have you. Uh, the focus of the show, however, not so much on the matches as it was on building up storylines for the month of March. And the storylines we're going to be following over the next few weeks. The Briscoe brothers return to Ring of Honor and they made it clear that they are after the tag titles being held by Generation Next, Roderick Strong, and Austin Aries, which should lead to a good series of matches once these teams get to know each other. Also, the, the setup went down for uh, the big show in Philly on the 11th. Uh, it'll be Brian Danielson defending the ROH title against Alex Shelley, and that's a match that's, you know, that's been sort of thrust out there for these past uh, couple of months. It got delayed from, uh, from February 11th when it was supposed to take place, and you know, I'm I'm kind of interested in seeing it. Uh, Shelley has a unique style, and and you'd figure he'd mesh. It's either going to be really good or really bad. I have a suspicion it's going to be really good. But those are the two matches we're watching over the next couple of weeks. And ROH is announcing all sorts of matches for WrestleMania weekend, including Danielson versus Strong for uh, March the 31st. So uh, we will keep an eye on that. Story number two, the road to WrestleMania continued last night on Raw. Mick Foley challenging Edge to a hardcore match. And uh, we know how that's going to end up. Uh, Shawn Michaels forced to kiss Vince McMahon's ass. You never thought you'd see it, but but there it is. Uh, I still hold to my theory that Shawn's being punished for actually daring to retire while Vince still needs him. And uh, go semi, you know, go on a part-time schedule after WrestleMania. And yes, John Cena got booed again against Triple H, and Triple H basically punked him in their face-to-face -face conversation. Um, you know, this is this is not what WWE was hoping for with with John Cena. Uh, the story going around is that uh, when several months ago, when when Cena was getting booed. You know, uh, Triple H chimed in that the problem wasn't with Cena, it was with guys like Chris Jericho and Kurt Angle who were, you know, who, who weren't good enough heels to get Cena over as a face. Well, is the problem that Triple H isn't a good enough heel to get Cena over as a face, or, or is Cena the problem? That's something that we're going to have to address over the uh, next few weeks because I don't see it getting any better between now and WrestleMania for John Cena. And, and if Cena's, you know, getting a majority of boos, you either have to ignore it or you have to roll with it. And I don't see uh, WWE ignoring it. And story number one, our collection of misfit stars are out there. Uh, Stacey Keebler in the Baltimore Sun said she's not sure whether she's going to re-sign with WWE, which is pretty much the same as saying, no, she's not going to re-sign with WWE. Uh, her contract is supposedly up in July. If I'm WWE, I tell Stacey... Listen, keep your mouth shut until WrestleMania. Wrestle at WrestleMania in a match against someone like Candice Michelle, and we can do, you know, Stacy, you know, Stacy versus the the GoDaddy.com girl versus the Dancing with the Stars girl, 
which might actually sell a few buys, and then let Stacy out of the rest of her contract and let her go on her merry way. But just just get just get everything you can for that final uh, Stacy WrestleMania match. For those people who haven't seen Stacy wrestle, which I'm guessing is a lot of the Dancing Wood Stars uh, audience, um, Hulk Hogan made his way onto the Howard Stern show. Uh, in an unusual fashion, Howard Stern uh, announced that he wanted to have Brooke Hogan on the show, but the word came back from Brooke Hogan's people that Brooke cannot be booked unless Hulk is also booked on the show. That's pretty damn embarrassing. Um, Hulk is supposed to be part of Hall of Fame weekend. He will be inducting Mean Gene Oakland, which means darned if he isn't going to show up at WrestleMania in some way and do something like he did last year. And Kurt Angle reportedly not happy uh, with his WrestleMania main event, he was originally promised a uh, a singles match with Randy Orton. Now it's going to be a three-way match. Uh, there's a certain amount of prestige involved. It's been tradition that a WrestleMania main event is a one-on-one matchup, and you know, putting it in a three-way matchup makes the two guys who were originally supposed to look in the, be in the match, Angle and Orton, look weak. I think it mostly makes Orton look weak, but but there you go. Uh, plus, there's the additional factor that uh, when there's three wrestlers in the match instead of two, the main event payoff is split three ways instead of two. So, Kurt displeased. Stacy may be leaving. Hogan might be back. It's just going to be a revolving door over the next five weeks leading into our big WrestleMania show. And uh, now it's time for the Newsmaker Hotline with a special twist because... This is a fifth anniversary celebration, and let's get to it. And we're back here on The Real Deal with uh, the not necessarily the Newsmaker Hotline. I am joined this week for our special fifth anniversary program by the senior columnist of Pro Wrestling Torch, Bruce Mojo Mitchell. Bruce, welcome to The Real Deal. Five years, Pat. Five years. Imagine the imagine the accolades. No one has held the world heavyweight championship for straight for five years, and, let, and yet here you are. So, How those things relate is beyond me, but here you are. <laughs> I'm afraid to ask what I'm holding the uh, world heavyweight championship of, but uh, yeah, we we could banter back and forth for the next uh, ten minutes or so, and and, and that would be great. But uh, yeah, we we thought we'd actually do something here with this opportunity to uh, work together. Uh, and review Ring of Honor's new DVD, Final Battle 2005. Uh, and, and for those of you who aren't familiar with us, uh, Bruce and I actually share similar opinions about Ring of Honor in that uh, we both like it. Very much so. It's a real good promotion, and this is this is one of their better DVDs. I like I like this show a lot. No, I, I did too. Um, and, and I know you're excited. Wade Keller uh, has has already gone ahead and said that since this DVD came out in 2006, it is. Uh, it is it is part of the 2006 voting uh, for the uh, Torch Awards, and I, I know we're both thrilled about that. And I, I think we have uh, what's probably the first 2006 match of the year candidate on here on the uh, main event of this show, which is uh, Kenta defending the GHC Junior Heavyweight title against Loki. Yeah, Kenta um, is arguably one of the best workers, not arguably one of the best workers in the world, arguably the best worker in the world right now, um, has tremendous matches for Noah. Particularly on big shows, and and this is you know the first time for him to come to Ring of Honor, first time to come to the United States to wrestle his type of match, and has the perfect complementary um, opponent in, in Loki, who uh, we really get to see at his best here. Loki 
I mean, low-key is a singular talent to me, and um, you don't get to see what makes him that way because he's kind of a pain to deal with behind the scenes. But this is, you know, politically, he, you know, he was going to go all out in this match and do whatever he had to do, and just made for a hell of a match. I mean, I really just, I, I think this was, you know, what Ring of Honor fans come to expect in a dream match, and uh, well worth seeing. Well, and, and, and both of these guys uh, work for Pro Wrestling Noah. I, I guess you could call this a good example of uh, Pro Wrestling Noah main event style. For well, very much so. Team. And that, you know, that's one of the things that's really interesting is, you know, they do their main event styles. You know, they do their main events in front of a lot more people than in Ring of Honor. But um, the word is spread, and you know, particularly with what happened with Kenny Kobashi and Samoa Joe, that Ring of Honor is an important place to kind of make a reputation in the United States. And uh, you know, Kenta really came and, and gave everything he had, and this this, this match, um, you know, a lot of striking, a lot of a lot of great exchanges of holds back and forth, and really, you know, in the context of telling a you know telling a story, of you know Loki putting on his strongest you know his strongest um, challenge for the for the GHC Junior Heavyweight Title so far, and um, it just turns into a just turns into a hell of a match, you know, early match of the year contender, and I think it'll be right there at the end of the year too. And uh, I guess if you're looking for a parallel, you could say this is like uh, Samoa Joe and and Kenta, and Kenta Kobashi. And by the way, Kenta Kobashi and Kenta are not the same person for for those who who are wondering. Um, you know, Joe and Kobashi had that match last year. It was it was laid out similar to that, except uh, with two uh, with two better athletes. Well, it's not only that. I mean, Kenta Kobashi is kind of a lion and winner. He's coming to the end of a legendary career and um, plays, you know, heavyweight champion as well as anybody we've ever seen in this business. And, you know, Samoa Joe, it, that was about who could hit each other the hardest and, and all that. This was a little, this was a little bit different. Kenta um, is younger, you know, started his career five years ago and um, is really coming, to, coming into his prime as, as a worker. And is great now and just, you know, you know, lots of spring and a step, lots, you know, very athletic. And not only do you get the striking and the kicking, but you get, um, you know, you get the you get the flying around, you get the you get the holds back and forth. Um, just, just you know, really two guys in, at their athletic peak going at it, and they're two very good athletes. So, um, I can see somebody liking Samoa Joe and, and kind of kind of a better match. And someone liking this better, but I mean, they're both definitely in the same realm of that five star, you know, that five star ideal. And this is a this is a hell of a match. Yeah, and we're going to have to remember this come the end of the year because it's always hard to remember the matches from the from the first part of the year. I suspect we'll remember this one. Okay, I think you're right. Um, the other really good match on on this DVD, uh, Brian Danielson defending the Ring of Honor title against uh, Nomichi Marafuji. Yeah, Marafuji is uh, Kenta. Kenta's regular tag team partner, and they they again I'll say this word arguably, but I wouldn't argue it. Um, make for the best tag team in the best tag team in the world, and so um, came along this trip. And uh, unlike you know Low Key and Kenta, who have worked together before and whose who styles match up, uh, you know, it's really that question of Brian Danielson with his technical style and his kind of technical heelish style, um, wrestling that Brit, you know, with it, with its British roots, wrestling. Uh, with Jafari in this match, and um, it, the, the two styles really ended up complementing each other. And this was a very good match too. There were several, you know, there were some 
Very good wrestling on, on the Ring of Honor show. Oh, yeah, there was. And, and you know, um, we, we don't use the word tweener, at least we haven't in the past several years, but uh, but Brian Danielson is is becoming uh, probably the, the biggest tweener in the business right now, at least in Ring of Honor. He's... Uh, He's somebody that uh, the fans feel comfortable cheering for when he's against a when he's against a hated heel, and they they boo him when he's against one of their favorites, and it doesn't seem to doesn't seem inconsistent. I mean, he's so technically proficient that you know for this crowd that's very educated as to what they're you know what they're seeing, and also isn't exactly you know buying into every storyline. They're they're more um, kind of sitting there with their notebooks you know notebooks grading the match than they are getting upset at Prince Nana. Um, you know, this guy, uh, he's always going to have that respect, but he's also uh, expanded his repertoire as far as his ring psychology goes. So, you know, he was right at the top as far as wrestling, you know, wrestling that British exchange of hold style, but he really has a lot of little tricks in his, up his sleeve and can kind of surprise people into into reacting. And, um, you know, in that case, he can, he can wrestle a heel and be the technical proficient wrestler and also defend... You know, be the defending champion that that cheats a little bit, kind of out of the old Dory Funk Jr. touring world champion, where um, you know, respect him as an athlete, but you really want to see him lose because you want to see the title change hands, and um, it makes him, you know, makes him a very valuable player. Yeah, he, he has charisma, even though he's not the prototypical WWE style wrestler. And well, you know, one thing about watching the show, those guys did they look to, they look less bloated, they're younger and and move a little more. But in general, they really did, you know, for, for better for worse, and you can read some things is what I'm saying, and not and don't read too much in, in certain ways. But they they're not as bloated, and not as you know, they just look a little fresher. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's one advantage that Ring of Honor and and you know, for that matter TNA have is that you know is that fans are looking for the, for their generation of stars, and they might not be getting it from WWE. Although you know, Cena fans would probably disagree with us. Well, this is you know this is. You know, also a niche promotion. It's kind of a boot, it's the boutique wrestling promotion, right. and you know, it, it's going after a narrower field of, of fans than than the other two are. But, uh, I mean, one, one of the important things I think for uh, Brian Danielson, at least among Ring of Honor fans, is he's the he's the wrestler that they can point to and say, "This is our guy. This is the guy who doesn't go off to WWE. This is the guy who doesn't go go down to Orlando. This is Mr. Ring of Honor." And you know, when Ring of Honor really established itself. It was Samoa Joe as their guy, and it's important that they they have you know kind of a a line of of top guys that they can they can look at that way. Particularly after they kind of been there for a while, the summer turned into a graduation present to OVW with you know right. CM Punk and. Well, well, Bruce, Bruce we, we are up against the clock. Uh, I'm going to recommend this DVD, and um, I'm curious as to your thoughts. Uh, I'm recommend it too. And there's more on this, but um, yeah. I, I'd go out of my way to go ahead and get it. Okay, uh, I, I, I certainly. Uh, it's good to have Bruce Mitchell here on the uh, on the hotline, and I certainly hope we get to do this uh, maybe next year and and many anniversary shows to come, Bruce. Absolutely. All right, thanks to uh, Bruce Mitchell for dropping by here on the uh, fifth anniversary spectacular. Talk a little uh, Ring of Honor final battle with us. Uh, that's almost going to do it for us. Um, it's time for McNeil's Things the Hits. Uh, Richard, as a result of getting uh, Real Deal the College Years theme song number five, gets to hear his selection as voiced by me. It is uh, the 1973 classic Heartbeat. It's a love beat 
by the DeFranco family. So let's get this one out of the way first. Take it away. There we go. When I'm alone with you, I get a feeling through and through, telling me that love is coming on. My head starts spinning round and round, I don't care what's up or down, cause deep in my soul, I'm out of control. When I start to hear the sound of a heartbeat, it's a love beat. And a love beat is a good vibration or a heartbeat. It's a love beat. And when we meet, it's a good sensation. Listen to my heart pound. Listen to my love sound. Feel it getting stronger. Can't hold back any longer. It's a heartbeat. It's a love beat. And a love beat. It's a good vibration, no, a heartbeat is a love beat. And when we meet, it's a good sensation. Listen! Alright, hold on, hold on. Alright, that was Heartbeat, the Love Beat by the DeFranco family. Now we go to Ellen Cohen, who wanted for solving Real Deal theme song number six, Girlfriend by Matthew Sweets. I wonder if there's a message there somewhere. Anyway, let's take it away. We're rocking now. Elvis is with us. He's with us and he's speaking to us. Okay. I want to love somebody. I hear you need somebody to love. Oh, I want to love somebody I hear you're looking for someone to love Cause you need to Be back in the arms of a good friend And I need to Be back in the arms of a girlfriend I didn't know nobody And then I saw you coming my way Oh, I didn't know nobody And then I saw you coming my way Don't you need to Be back in the arms of a good friend Oh, cause honey, believe me I'd sure love to call you my girlfriend. All right, that'll do it for another exciting week of The Real Deal. Thanks again to our unofficial Real Deal staff, Sean Radican, always helping out, Chris Vetter, uh, the main man, and uh, Alan Cohen, who uh, suggested this song for reasons which will apparently remain unexplained we will see you next week in this very same space on tuesday night same pat time same pat channel with another thrill-packed episode of the real deal until then this is pat mcneil reminding you to keep your feet on the ground and keep shooting for the stars good night everybody